0: Miss Dawson have the special music, and they're going to be on their way here. We're going to start in uh, Psalm 46. Psalm 46. All right, Brother Terrell, sir. Sarah and Karen, all right. Proverbs 46, I know Brother Tyrell, you Sarah are usually on that bus, and let me just throw this out there, I don't want to talk about it right now, I'd love to have that special on a Sunday morning, if at all possible, I just, I'm thrilled with that, I think our Sunday morning folks missed something, uh, so Miss Rogers, make it happen, all right, <laughs> Psalm 46. Uh, I want you to look to the screen, if you would, please. I'll do my best to be ended by 7 o'clock, and you can get on your way. We are asking God to teach us a way that we could join Him in one hour of prayer. Now, you might do this. You might say, Preacher, I can't do this every day. I might take uh, one day of the week and make that the day that I approach God for an hour in prayer, a day, you know, that day, and Some of you might be able to do it every day, but I do believe uh, we base this in the book of Matthew where the Lord took His disciples, Peter, James, and John, and asked them to watch and pray. And He said, what could thou not watch with me one hour and pray? And He talked about that the flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing if we will pray that ye enter not into temptation. Last week we looked at praise. Uh, Tonight I want you to look at Psalm 46. And look at verse number 10. Matter of fact, let's read this together, if you would, please. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Father, I love the spirit that we have here tonight. Thank you for faithful people. Not only faithful people to put a service together, but faithful members that make their way to God's house. Uh, And Lord, I pray you'd fill our cup tonight. I feel like in a way you already have, and I pray you continue to speak to our hearts. Help us in the service tonight. May you teach us what it is to wait on you. Help me as I teach and preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we learned the first five minutes in prayer should be spent in praising the name of our God. Where did we learn that? Go leave a marker in Psalm 46. Uh, these are the. This is the chapter we're basing this on. Look at Matthew chapter number 6. The disciples came to the Lord. They did not ask the Lord to teach them a prayer. All right, follow me. This prayer was never meant to be chanted and recited. Uh, Some well-meaning people do it. Some well-meaning pastors lead in that. Uh, But it was not meant to be used in vain repetition. Uh, We know that because in verse number 7 of chapter 6, he warns against that. He says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. As the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard of for their much speaking. All right, But look at verse number 9. So here's the pattern for prayer. You can call it the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. I like to refer to it as the Disciples Prayer. You are a disciple of Christ, as am I. Look at verse number 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed means to praise or uplift or give honor to. And so we looked at last week how that in the first five minutes of this hour in prayer that we spend an entirety of five minutes praising the name of God and hallowing the name of God. Through praise, we hallow and we recognize the nature of God. Tonight, we put together the second step in spending an hour with God, and that is waiting. Waiting. Now, what does it mean? How many of you? Now let's be honest, you don't have to come to an altar. How many of you are like Pastor Rogers? You are just a tad bit impatient. Is there anybody like that? All right. You go to the microwave and you punch in whatever it is and you stand there and yell at the microwave. Hurry up. Uh, We are impatient. When the light you're at a red light and it turns green, you're off first off of the line. Uh, We are impatient. What does it mean to wait? Now go back, if you would please, to Psalm 46. The word wait means, or waiting, to patiently wait, to tarry, to expect. Should we expect to have an answer to our prayers when we pray? Do you expect? Yes, we do. We should expect. Uh, We come to Him believing, and He will give. Now, let me go back, and and two-thirds of the folks that are here tonight... Uh, were not here back then. In the early days when our church moved from the north side of town to this side of town, and God was blessing and God was moving, and uh, I thought in one area we didn't do anything bad or immoral or, or wrong. It just, I thought I had the church behind me in an area, and I didn't. And I led, and I realized that it caused some confusion in the church And I really got to the place where I felt like another man would do better than I could to pastor. And I remember coming to my office several nights in a row and thinking about how I should write out the resignation letter, and and at that time we didn't have deacons. And I just really felt like the ministry here for us is over. We should go on. Before, and let me encourage you to do this, I did then what I've done every time in my life since Kathy and I have been married, and even before that. Before I would make a major decision, I gave much to it in prayer, and I asked God to give me a verse or a chapter that would help and guide me during those times. And God gave me Psalm 46, and primarily He gave me verse number 10, be still and know that I am God. That verse changed the course of my life, it changed the course of our ministry, if pastor had resigned... We would have found another place to minister. You would have had a faithful pastor and brought in. I understand that. And the church probably would have flourished in ways it's not presently flourishing. I can tell you it would have been a mistake for me. And I can tell you that even tonight I am right in the center of God's will, exactly where God wants us to be. Now, let me say this. But I say that to you because what kept us here and from doing what I felt I must do was what I'm going to talk about tonight. The reason this verse is on my wall, for that reason, to remind me each and every day, Pastor, you're going to face some other trials just like that. And will you learn to wait on me? And I will give you the answer. Sometimes, may I say this, the most spiritual thing we can do is wait. Most decisions that are made in haste are not good decisions. A wise man told me many years ago, if I have to decide right now, the answer is no. On finances, that's a very good thing. Years ago, when Kathy and I came to Pueblo, we were in anticipation building our first house. We learned about a program that if you paid a couple thousand dollars into, you could become lifetime members of. And they sold everything at extremely discounted prices—lights and carpeting and 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 uh, just about any of the building materials we need for our house. Uh, Tell and even things we didn't necessarily, need, electronics and that type of thing. We went up to Colorado Springs. Did you ever see this? Maybe some of you got the same thing. We got that little golden key on a card in the mail, that golden key. This golden key is the key to your future and saving thousands of dollars. And, and so we went up to College Springs. We made our reservations. They, I don't remember if they served us a meal or not, Kathy. I don't think they did. But we met with a man before, and I said to him, I said, as you go in, I said to him, we're Christian people. We pray about everything. If there is any pressure... And I have to decide tonight, you tell me now, because I'm not, we're not going to go through your meeting. He said, oh, Mr. Rogers, there's no pressure, you come, if you want to take advantage of it, fine, if not, he lied to us. Because you ever seen those that you just say, now today, if you walk out of that door, you can't, you'll never take advantage of this. It's phooey, it really is, it's phooey. If I've got to decide right now, the answer is no. Now, there's some decisions that have to be made on the spot. That's understandable. So, let's put these two together. In praise, we recognize the nature of God. Say it with me if you would. In praise, we recognize the nature of God. We praise Him for His names, His holiness, His righteousness, His word, His forgiveness. We praise Him for all of those things. And in that hour of prayer, we seek to take five minutes and do that. Number two, tonight, in waiting, we surrender our soul to God. I can tell you in the privacy of my office when nobody was around and nobody knew but God and I, God and myself, that in those hours, I surrendered to the will of God, and I just waited to hear the voice of God. I didn't hear anything audible, neither will you. I'm not asking you to anticipate or expect to hear an audible voice of God. But your soul and my soul are spoken to in those minutes that we wait before God. So in praise, we recognize the nature of God. In waiting, we surrender our soul to God. All, somebody said this, all who would be used of God must learn the secret of silence. All who would be used of God must use the, learn the secret of silence. There has to be time on a regular basis when we are silent before God. Now, let's delve into this and see what it looks like. I think about this. I pray you do as well. If we read biographies of people that have been used of God mightily, they are people that learn to wait on God. Matter of fact, they wouldn't take the next step. They wouldn't do the next thing unless they knew that God was leading them. Look at Luke chapter number 8. Follow me, leave a marker in Psalm 46, would you please? Look at Luke chapter number 8. These scriptures on Sunday night are not placed up on the screen, primarily Sunday mornings. We have some new Christians that can't get to as, uh, the scriptures as quickly as we announce them. Luke chapter number 8. And look at verse number 46. Remember the story here. A lady had an issue of blood. She had been to doctors and tried to heal, and she couldn't find any healing. And she heard that Jesus was coming through. She found her way to Jesus. Did she have a word with Him? Not initially. All she did was touch Him, but it was the touch of faith. But I want you to see in here, uh, look at what it says. And Jesus said, verse 45, and Jesus said, who touched me? We sing that song. You ever heard when you went to camp and Brother Stephen, I don't know, this is old-fashioned song. We used to sing and clap, it was on a Sunday, somebody touch me, it was on a Sunday. And then whatever day you got saved, you were supposed to stand, you're looking at me like a calf staring at a new gate. Uh, how many of you ever sung that song? You have? Oh, thank you, Darla. Thank you for helping me. Loretta. Thank you. How many of you haven't? Oh, we should sing that sometime. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, whatever day you got saved, you were supposed to stand. Can I say this? The day you and I got saved, Jesus touched us. That's right. Jesus touched us. You received a touch from God. But watch what Jesus says here now. And Jesus said, Who had touched me? When all denied, Peter and all that they were with him, said, Master, the multitude thronged thee, and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touchest thee? Now watch this. And Jesus said... Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. I say this to you, and I'm reminded of this each and every day, and specifically before I come to this pulpit. If I'm going to help you as pastor in any way, if I'm going to rightly divide the word of truth, if we seek counsel, if I spend some time with you, and I'm any help to you at all, there must be some virtue that goes out. Where does that virtue come from? Because by nature, Gordon Rogers is not a very good guy. I'm serious. So where does that virtue come from? If your life and mine impacts the life of someone else, and it's going to be because that virtue goes out of you, God uses your testimony, He uses your, uh, who you are, and you make a difference, a blessing, and a change in somebody's life. I wrote this in my notes. We cannot be a person that impacts the lives of others until virtue comes out of us. And that virtue must consistently be renewed with loving communion With heaven itself, that well's going to run dry. Now, I know some of you youngsters don't understand this because you go to Walmart and you pick candy off of a shelf. But in the little country town where I grew up, the candy was where, Brother Paul? Underneath the counter, behind the counter. Could you see it under a glass case? You could see that candy. I remember this. Oh, man, they don't make it like this anymore do you ever remember that licorice? Oh, you could look. I'd go to Mr. Chisholm as a little boy and, and look at that licorice and say, can I have a, a string of licorice? And they were like 17 feet long. He'd pull out that licorice. Oh, you just get on the bus and you roll it up and you just chew it. Some of you are, are drooling right now. All right. And then there were jawbreakers. How many were jawbreaker people? Oh, jawbreakers and, and gumballs and all of it was under the counter. I remember when I went to Bible college, a faithful man of God. I never anticipated being a pastor. But he said this, fellas, when you you go to the pulpit, you better always have more under the counter than you put out on the shelf. And can I say this to you as a child of God as we live our Christian life? There better be a time when we connect with heaven on a daily basis so that God puts that virtue in us so that our lives can impact the life of another. So let's look at waiting in the Bible. Go back. Uh, matter of fact, help me with this because of time. Give me four or five men to raise your hand. You can read a text for us tonight. Brother Allen, Psalm 52, 9. Brother Jeff, Psalm 62, 1. Somebody else help me with this. Brother Levi, Psalm 130, verse 6. Who else will help? Brother Tyrell, Isaiah 40, 31. All right, listen to these verses, and we'll talk about about waiting. Psalm 52, 9. Brother Frazier? I will praise thee forever, because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name, for it is good before the saints. Okay, now watch this. Do you notice in that verse that the praise comes first? His heart is ready to praise, and then he's going to wait. And he said, this is good for all the saints. Are you a saint? You are either a saint or you're an ain't. All right? And I think you're a saint. If you've been saved, you're a saint. Well, the church didn't vote on me becoming a saint. Well, you're not that kind of a saint. All right? But you're a saint. All right? Psalm 62.1, Brother Jeff. Okay, now watch this. Go back to praise. If praise is singing back to God and giving back to God His very nature and waiting is soul surrender in those private times in prayer, my will is being laid aside and His will is being laid on my heart. Are you following me? All right, Psalm 130, verse 6, Amen. All right, and then Isaiah forty thirty one is a very common verse, brother Tyrell. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength; they shall mount up with wings as eagles; they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not I'm going to tell you that not just in those times when I was ready to write out a resignation, when God gave me a verse in a passage, I want you to be still, and I want you to wait. I can tell you in the days and the weeks and the months to come that God did exactly what Brother Tyrell said. He renewed my strength. He got me back to the place where I needed to be, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord through prayers when we surrender our soul to the Lord. Look at Job chapter number 40. Job in my own private Bible reading. I've just finished the book of Job. And what a tremendous book it is. Job chapter number 40. You remember all that Job went through. chapter 40 and verse number 4, look at what it says. Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. He's saying this. There's going to be a time. Now Job is praying here. He's talking to the Lord. And he's just saying, I'm going to be quiet. I'm just not going to speak. And God heard and God answered. Our time of waiting is wordless worship. Are you following me? It's wordless worship. I'm not saying anything, and I'm not saying when you pray, and in this hour, that it ought to be verbal communication with God, but if it is, in that next phase of prayer, when we go into that time of waiting on the Lord, that's a time when we're quiet before Him, we surrender our soul to Him, and it's simply wordless worship. It is the elevation of the mind to God. One author put it this way, the highest Worship of the Almighty consists in being wholly taken up with Him. It is the most intimate form of communication in which the creature adores the Creator, the finite before the infinite the powerless before the powerful, the nothing before the all in all. And when we come to God in prayer and we remember who he is, we've just reminded ourselves in praise who God is. We realize that we are weak and he is strong. We realize that we are limited in our power, but he is unlimited. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And those things in just moments that we're going to ask and we're going to take our request to God in prayer, when we remind ourselves who we he is, then we remember how capable he is to give us to the answer to the prayer that we're seeking. So it's soul surrender to God. There is, so why I think about this, look at Mark 11, go with me if you would please, Mark 11, Uh, why is waiting in prayer so vitally important? Mark chapter number 11, why is it uh, vitally important? You may not understand a couple of these, but please stay with me if you would. And Look at verse number 22 of chapter 11, Mark 11:22, 11, And Jesus answering, said to them, have faith in prayer. Uh, no, no, not you say, preacher, what's the big deal? I promise you this, a lot of times we put our faith in prayer instead of putting our faith in God. What do you mean by that? There is is not power for prayer apart from God. Are you following me? There's no power in prayer apart from God. This verse does not say have faith in prayer. It says have faith in God. Secondly, waiting on God. Why is this essential? Waiting on God is essential to prayer because it strengthens our knowledge of God. It helps us to understand who He is. And in that moment of waiting, we lean upon His greatness, His goodness, His righteousness that we've just praised Him for, and then we lay, in His soul surrender, we lay aside, can I say this to you? The person that prayer uh, helps the most is not the people on our prayer list. The people that prayer helps the most is the person praying. Are you with me? We need to pray so God can change us. We need to pray so our soul surrenders our will, our desires, our plans, our goals before Him. And we just wait and we have wordless worship. All prayer begins with God and all prayer strengthens our knowledge of God. Ralph Herring in his book, The Cycle of Prayer says this, Only a sovereign God can inspire prayer and only a sovereign God can answer prayer. A man's concept of God therefore determines the depth of his prayer life. He ends with this, real prayer begins and ends with God enthroned. So in those moments when we are waiting and quiet before God, we're not saying anything, God begins to speak to our own soul about what He wants in our life about who he is and how he's going to move. If you have, I suppose, help me with this, Brother Stephen, Brother Josh, Brother Bill, <laughs> Brother Wally, some of you men that are in ministry, or even if you're not, and you have a favorite author on prayer, who would that be? Brother Bill, you have a favorite author on prayer? <laughs> E.M. Bounds. How many Bounds of you? E.M. Bounds. Let me give you, Let me give you some names. If you want to get some books on prayer you read E.M. Bounds. Who's your favorite? Somebody else? Somebody? Brother Stephen, you have a favorite? I like Bounds. If Bounds might be my number one... Oh, I didn't think about this, and I don't even know if it's in print. One of the greatest little books. Years ago, I was at a a conference in Dallas, Texas, and uh, this man took it on as a ministry. Um, And what he does is he... He finds he goes to senior pastors that have passed away, and he purchases their library. And then he re, if, he finds out if those books are still in print. And if they're not, he finds a publisher that will reprint those books, and then he offers them to us. Probably the best single book I've ever read on prayer is by S.D. Gordon. Just an unbelievable book on prayer. I learned some things i would never But Ian Bounds is, is great. If you, if you don't have, how many of you have read Andrew Murray? Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray is fantastic on prayer. Let me encourage you. Let me say, tell you what Andrew Murray said on this thing of waiting. He said this, take time in the inner chamber to bow down and to worship. And to wait on him until he unveils himself and take possessions of you. Listen to what Murray is saying. Prayer is not so much who we're going to carry to. I pray that, and Brother Wally, I want you to know, and I make you this promise publicly, I will pray for you every day. And our church family will pray. And I think about this, LeVay, we're praying for you, and we're praying for Mrs. Wolford, and we're praying for many of those that have. But I promise you this, what you need more than pastor praying for you or church praying for you, you need to go to God in prayer. And what happens then is God begins to work on it. He goes again, take time in the inner chamber to bow down, to worship, to wait on him until, until he unveils himself and takes possession of you and goes with you to show you how a man can live and walk abiding in fellowship with an unseen Lord. Amen. That's what Murray says. I want you to look in the Old Testament book of Zechariah, Minor Prophets, Zechariah chapter number 2. Zechariah chapter number two. I want to tell you about how to, I'm going to say this to you, and I'm the world's worst at this. I like to be around people. I like to talk and converse. And I, 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 don't, I don't have, uh, there's a lot of things I enjoy, but I just don't do. I love to fish, but I don't fish. I love to shoot guns, but I don't shoot guns, much of any. I love to hike, but I do—I don't do a lot of hiking. We're going to get away in a couple nights, in a couple days. and We're going to do Miss Rogers and Kathy, and we're going to go find a place and we're going to hike. All right, I love to do it. Can't keep up with you, brother Kevin, but uh, I love to do all that. But I—I th- I don't do much of it. But what I do, I love sports, and I'll follow if it's got a ball and it goes through a hoop or hit or past or whatever. I follow. I just love it. And sometimes, brother Stephen and I can. And we'll get together, Brother Josh, and that kind of thing, and we're kind of ribbing each other about each other's sports teams, and mine happens to be the Broncos right now. I'm not in real good shape. Can I say this to you? Take some time or practice in your daily life when you're not praying some time to just be silent. We fear silence, don't we? Because silence speaks to us about who we are. Look at Zechariah chapter 2 and look at verse number 13. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for He is raised up out of His holy habitation. Try to devote the early moments of your devotional hour to a time of silent sharing with the Lord. We're going to start in an hour of praise. We're going to try to take the first five minutes, and we're just going to praise Him for who He is. I ask you this tonight. Do you serve and know a good God? Our God is a good God. So we're going to praise Him on a regular basis, and we're going to start our prayer. And then once we've praised Him, we're going to come silent in that wordless worship, and we're going to allow Him, as Murray says, as as some of these Ian Bounds would say and others would say, we're just going to surrender our soul to Him, and we're going to let Him speak to us. We're not going to say a thing. Here's the conclusion. How do we do this? After moments of praise... Bring your mind and spirit into a time of complete silence to the world around you. Just stop. Just tune all your troubles out. Tune all the needs and the cares out. Just tune it out. And just listen for the voice of God. And surrender your soul to Him. Number two, think no thoughts except the thoughts uh, thoughts of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number three, if words are to be whispered during that time, let them be words of admiration to our Lord. In those times in my own prayer life, when it's quiet and it's just waiting and it's silent, simple words, Lord, I love you. Billy Sunday said it this way, and I think about this, we sing this, we sing these songs, I love you, Lord. I trust you, I obey you, I'll follow you. Billy Sunday said it this way. He said, I want to so love the Lord that when I say to Him, I love you, that I hear His corresponding voice through His Spirit saying, I know you do, Billy. In those times, I promise you, when we're quiet before the Lord, we're waiting, we're surrendering our soul to Him. If there's words that need to be said, let them be words of, Simple adoration to the Lord. I love you. I'm grateful. Thank you. Lastly, concentrate your full attention on the presence and need for God in your life. At that time, you might think about something that you're facing in that week. And you'll realize, God, I need you. And I want you to walk with me. And I pray for your wisdom. And I need your presence. Here's how simple that is. In those times when we get before the Lord, we're gonna take some matter of time, and we're gonna praise Him. When we finish praising Him, we're gonna go silent. We're just gonna wait. We're not gonna speak. We're gonna surrender our soul to the Lord, and just say, Lord, I want You to speak to me. Now I'm saying this to you. I mean this many times. If you, many of you, are shaking your head because you're already doing this. How many times I've done that, and the Lord changed my prayer request. My whole prayer changed because I just took some time to wait on Him.